What if there was just one thing that if you did it in 2020, you would succeed? Well, Pastor Mike is going to tell you what that thing is in this first episode of our series, New Year, New Me. So make sure you listen all the way to the very end because God has something special that he wants to speak into your life through this message. Hey, hey, V1, can we put our hands together for everyone visiting tonight? Tonight, Julie. Tonight. (laughs) This morning. (laughs) Hey, listen, you know what's so cool is that, you know, don't don't be busting me out here now. Don't be busting me out. Listen, I'll come down there. (laughs) Um. You know, that what, you know the, the thing about the pastor circles is they say that traditionally this is supposed to be the lowest attended Sunday that you have through the season. And you know what we actually saw? We actually destroyed an attendance record on Long Island. And you all here tonight. And uh, somebody was just like, man, you know, attendance was down. How are you guys? I was like, our people aren't good at following rules. <laughs> We didn't know we were supposed to stay home. We actually want to worship, and we want more of Jesus. So, and if we can get two more rows of seats here, I can crowd surf next Sunday. (laughs) But, hey, I just want to say hello to Tim Bushing and the whole crew back there for the production team. Can we think? I want to give a shout-out to Bree, a.k.a. my bushwhacker friend. I, I don't know if you're old school WWF wrestling, but me and her used to be on that show and Dylan and the rest of them and the drums and it's amazing and then whoever I threw Everly at so that I could preach in the other room right now aka the baby section um we're just figuring this out you know the the truth is I have no idea what I'm doing but I'm doing it and while everyone else is strategizing and trying to figure it out I'm doing it And I've got a whole church full of people who aren't um, basically idolizing strategy and idolizing knowledge and idolizing, you know, having everything. Like we're saying, hey, I'd rather be present than be perfect. I'd rather make progress than wait until perfection. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, this airplane is being built in the air. (laughs) Isn't that fun? (laughs) Where's Kelsey? Are you here? Can you wave? Okay, check this out. This is my friend. And uh, you, can, you see her waving over there. And, you know, how long have you been gone? A year and a half, two years? So, like, two years ago, she came to our very first service on Long Island. Now, this was, like, what? There was 30 people there, maybe 30. I'm exaggerating. I'm being evangelistic, they call it. Uh, stretching the truth maybe 20 people there and you know it was our very first service ever she went away and their friends like you got to come to v1 she's like what you go to you know i know that church i was there and uh, we launched literally three locations since she's been gone and and i'm not saying that they're perfect but i'm saying we're doing it and lives are being changed and people are being saved and the gospel is being preached and apparently demons are being cast out every sunday night Some demon was like, <laughs> was that too far? Was that too far? <laughs> it's just like, listen, there's this weird disconnect where it happens in the Bible, but never happens in our churches. And the thing I love about V1 is it's like I was telling Evan the other day, Pastor Evan here on the front row, thank God for him. And I was telling him, I was like, you know, the more I read the New Testament, it just seems like a 14-week stretch at V1 Church. Yeah. Because all that stuff is happening here. 
And more specifically, even happening here at our Syosset location, like literal miracles. And the stories are incredible. But I've got just a short word that I'm going to try to preach to you tonight. I was just warming you up and having fun with you. But um, what if I told you that there's just one thing that you can do in 2020? And if you do this one thing, if you were in the morning services, just nod your head and amen me and just like kind of go with this. Because um, they're like, I know what it is. Uh, <laughs> Like when you were like an aide in your teacher's class and they taught it in the other period and you acted smart, but really you're just there for it. Um, so, you know, there's this one thing that according to scripture, if you do this one thing, you'll cause the rest of your life to come into alignment and 2020 will be what God truly destined it to be. I want to teach on that one thing just for several moments here tonight. Um, I'm in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. If you have your Bible, you could take that out. Uh, if you have the V1 Church app, you can launch that and get into the Bible. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Brethren, I could not myself, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, everyone said this one thing. One thing. This one thing I do. So he's literally saying, I, I haven't apprehended it yet. I haven't laid hold of it yet. I mean, I haven't made it yet, right? I'm not there yet. Now, who's talking? I mean, we're talking about a legendary man of faith, somebody that we aspire to be all of what he was. And so for him to say, I haven't made it yet, I haven't apprehended it yet, but this one thing that I do is very important, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Reaching forth to those things which are before. Come on, let's just pray real quick. Father, I pray that your word would, have, would fulfill what you'd have it to do in this moment. I'm so dependent on your Holy Spirit to speak to them. Lord, I thank you that before this message is up, you're going to change their life forever with the revelation truth of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So would we have any married people in the house? Uh, anyone want to be married? <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of hormones in that scream <laughs> you know like yeah I want to be a man I want to be a man <laughs> is anyone going to our marriage conference Valentine's Day weekend you better get your tickets now we almost sold out already Heather's a little too excited for that trip um, but, but we love we champion strong marriages here and if you came to V1 Church with a broken marriage, how many of you know that there is a ministry of reconciliation in this house? We've seen so many marriages restored. Um, and yes, and so if you're married, one of the great privileges of being married is having to remember significant dates. And there's only two kinds of people in this life. Those who are existential and they live in the moment and then those freaks of nature who can say, yeah, I remember I ate my first Dorito on January 17th, 1977. <laughs> you don't know anyone like that? I'm one of those people that when I hit that stretch after like Christmas, but before like January 5th, I'm wearing adult diapers, don't know where I'm at, have no idea what day it is. <laughs> I'm the only one. Apparently you're all like really regimented entrepreneurs. But I like, I get, because the thing is, like, really, even though I teach leadership, it's all a fake out. I'm truly an artist, and I'm like, life is life. You know, Julie, I'm here with you right now. I mean, do you just feel this moment? Life is life, Julie. 
And I say that as my justification for forgetting her birthday the first three years of our marriage. See what I'm saying, y'all? See what I'm saying? Listen, I didn't think we we're going to have to do conflict resolution in public. But there's this term in the Bible, submission. Husband and wives ought to submit. So let's just go with four because you stayed with me. So yeah, I did it four times. And I'm going to preach you the word. Now just all the theologians get perturbed when I tell stories. Heaven forbid I preach like Jesus used to. Yeah, that was free. <laughs> so, <laughs> so back to the sermon. Uh, I forgot her birthday for this must have been the fourth year. I totally lied on this morning's podcast, I guess, or misremembered. That's how politicians say it. Um, <laughs> I misremembered. <laughs> Welcome to America. So, all of a sudden, I get this text message. Now, I used to be a high school English teacher. And I thought I was crushing it. So I was actually in the wood shop after class was over. And so school's over. And I'm putting in overtime building this puppet theater so I can do these Shakespearean plays with my students. So I'm thinking I'm like teacher of the year status. And then I get this text message from my wife that says, where are you? And then that triggers this memory of not only is it her birthday, but there's a party that was scheduled. And I'm already late for it. And oh, yeah, I also forgot to buy a gift. This is years ago now. I'm saved, sanctified, filled the Holy Ghost. So all of a sudden, in my mind, I think I've got to get out of the school. So I drop all this stuff I'm doing. I run to my truck. I run to the store. And then let me just kind of give you a tip. Like, if you're married to a white woman, they love Yankee candles. Okay? Now, I know, I know that in my other... See? Like, the, all the non-white women are laughing the hardest because they're like, all my white girl friends love Yankee candles. And so I had already messed up by buying my wife a waffle maker. Apparently, anytime you buy your wife anything with a cord attached to it, it's a fail. And so then this is the next year after that, the story, the saga continues. So I buy her a Yankee candle, clean linen scent, and I get all the way to this destination. I'm racing. I'm breaking every law to get there. I show up. I'm already late. And then I present her with this candle she already did at once, and I failed. But here's the reason in even telling that story. Have you ever been late for something? There's something about having a finite amount of time and a destination, do you hear me, that will cause you to forget your past. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was racing down the highway, I didn't think about the traumatic event that happened to me when I was four years old. I didn't think about the breakfast that I ate that morning or the seven or eight classes that I taught. The only thing I could think about was getting to my destination because I had finite time. Do you hear me right now? Anyone else been in that situation? I know you have. The only way to forget your past and to be at peace with your present is to run into your future. This one thing, say it, this one thing. See, now you're, you're vibing. So we got these New Year's resolution. New Year, new me. I get it, Pastor Mike. Well, listen. <laughs> We are doing a 21-day fast. Somebody have five guys on the way here. I know it. I saw your Insta story. You've already failed. You've already messed up. You're getting deliverance right now. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes what happens in life is we experience a tremendous amount of regret. 
I think to myself as a pastor and all the years that I've counseled people that we do a better job at condemning ourselves than the devil does at condemning us. It's like some of us have part-time demons in our life because we full-time condemn ourselves. You know what I'm trying to like some like I'm just being real. It's like the devil's like, I love being assigned to your life because you beat yourself up worse than I would do it. And there's so many Christians that are sidelined and wounded by the voice of regret and condemnation that this one thing, say this one thing, one thing. this is the thing you've got to get. And I want to break down. Let me read it more. Brethren, I count not myself to it apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Now, let me explain this. In most of our understanding of what it means to be a Christian, we leave zero room for trouble. So your picture of finally making it there, I finally made it, is everything's perfect. There's no trouble. But see, Paul, here's his version of making it. Here's his version of being in God's perfect will for his life. Shipwrecked. Bit by a snake. Shackled and chained in prison. Gets broken out of prison. Beaten and flogged the same people he tried to preach the gospel to in Farmingdale. I mean, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It was like in Paul's understanding of what it meant to be in the will of God. It included trouble. Actually, trouble was more than the byproduct of doing the will of God. It was a confirmation that you were in his will. So to experience trouble was actually the enemy revealing his hand that you are, in fact, a threat to his kingdom. And see, if you've ever doubted whether or not there's a purpose or a plan for your life, why don't you re-examine some of the stuff you went through already? He was revealing that you were carrying something inside of you that was more valuable than your bachelor's degree, more valuable than the lineage and the family that you come from you are a carrier of destiny and he has fought you like that even if you didn't feel it I haven't apprehended it but this one thing I know one thing I'm moving I'm moving the days of stagnation standing still they're over 2020 is about God blessing our footprints not our butt prints tweet that nobody tweets anymore Put it on TikTok, on a loop, <laughs> before World War III. <laughs> now, I want to break down a deep theological um, understanding of this scripture because the problem with this scripture is that it translates very poorly in English. And for some of you, this is going to be like I've heard it before, but it's very important to mention for many of the new believers in this room, because we have many in our church, that, that the Bible, in fact, was not written in English. And, and I know for some of you, like, I get it, it's in, it was written in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, but it's important because we forget that it was not written in English. And so what you have is a translation. And, and if you only speak English and read English, you've only ever encountered the scriptures in that interpretation of it. And so it's important to go back to the source language to understand how to hear it and perceive it and understand it and unlock it in the way that they would have. Does that make sense? All right, you're with me. So here's the problem with this scripture. It says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Now, if you are a true country music fan and a true Jack Daniels whiskey drinker, you already know you cannot forget. 
<laughs> because country music is all predicated on the idea that we're going to have enough crispy boys to forget. I'm just being real. Ain't nobody going to tell you real. I went through a breakup. Come on, let's go forget tonight. The problem is you wake up, you still smell like him, and you didn't forget. You, you all think I'm playing with you tonight. You're going to get free. I got an hour and a half more of this sermon to go. But <laughs> I like these people. Promote them. But here's the thing. We cannot forget. We know that. And I think it's almost offensive. If you really read this scripture and meditated on it, it's offensive to say this one thing I do, I forget. I forget the things that are behind. And, and it's offensive because when you've been through darkness, maybe like the darkness that Bree was singing about, you think to yourself like, that darkness changed me. I used to be optimistic. I used to be full of hope. That darkness from the other church, it altered me on a DNA level. Like, forget it. You mean this wound that I carry in the spiritual realm and I see it in the mirror every time I behold my own reflection? This? Forget that? And if you know anything about being human and you've been human for more than a few moments, you know that you can't forget any of them. And so it's offensive to be commanded to forget. But if you can understand that this scripture was originally penned in Greek, you can get a fuller understanding of forgetting according to the original biblical intent. And this is kind of winding down here. The word forgetting is taken from the Greek word. It's a compound word, epilenthano, which is a compound word. So they're connected, epilenthano. And it says this, however, the first part of the Greek compound word is epi, which is it denotes a turning, a turning from one thing to focus on something else. Now, you can't forget, but you can change your focus. Let me just say it again for everyone in the room. You can't forget, but you can change your focus. Epi Lenthano. Any parents in the house? We got any parents in the house? Oh, we got a lot of them? Okay. So you already understand the Greek biblical perspective on Epi Lenthano. You know how I know? Because there comes a point where you get so sick and tired of hearing your kid cry that you are like, I'm going to let them cry it out. I am not even going to acknowledge their cry. And the cry is happening. And when your friends who don't have, and I'm going to be a translator. For everyone who doesn't have kids, I got your back. Because I know how psychotic that seems. You know what I'm saying? Because when you have kids, you build up your tolerance to the screaming. And when you don't have kids, three and a half milliseconds of it, you're like, I want to kill somebody or leave. <laughs> it's the truth. And I always empathize because I understand both worlds. But here's the reality. When you become a parent, you understand this biblical perspective of forgetting because you say, I can't turn the noise off, but I can turn my focus and attention away from it. What if I told you you can't for, forget your past, but you can actually block them? You can actually turn them off from your feed, unfollow them. You can actually choose not to go to the water, water cooler conversation tomorrow at work. You can walk a different route. What if I told you that you can actually forget according to what the word says is forgetting? You know, and this is my last definition, using a passive tense. It, it pictures something to be put aside, deliberately ignored. Watch this, purposely disregarded, completely forgotten. And I like this because it's almost as if it has become obsolete. Yeah. What if you upgraded your mentalities as often as you upgraded your phone? 
I'm serious. What if you upgraded your perspective as often as you upgraded the operating system on your phone? See, the benefit that you have is Apple forces you to upgrade your phone, but in the spiritual realm, you must surrender your will to the Father to let him upgrade your soul. And I've got all these Christians, I don't understand how V1's doing what they're doing. I'm like, man, because what God was doing in the 90s, he's moving. It's a new thing. Behold, I am doing a new thing in the earth. I've upgraded. That way of thinking is obsolete. There wasn't even a Facebook when you were in full-time ministry. Things have changed, right? And what happens is so many of us are holding on to obsolete mentalities. My wife loves the home button on an iPhone, but they don't put home buttons on iPhones anymore. My wife loses her phone, and if she could have her way, it would be a phone that chirps people instead of texts people. Y'all don't even know. Some of you were fetuses when we were chirping each other. Does anyone remember chirping? Did that make it to New York, or is that just construction workers in Indiana? (laughs) so let me do this for you before you sideline start talking about cell phones let me paraphrase for you and a paraphrase is a more literal translation if you were to take the meaning of the greek and read the scripture like this stop thinking about it put it out of your mind put it behind you wipe it out and erase it from your memory get it out of your system quit paying attention to it get your eyes off of it be oblivious to it and forget about it I know this one thing. I can actually stop feeding my attention to it. I know this one thing. I can put it out of my mind because whatever you focus on, you feed. And whatever you feed grows. And whatever grows rules you. The more focus you give pornography, it will become your master. The more focus you put on your self-doubt and worry and anxiety, you feed it and it grows. But whatever you starve eventually dies. And there's a difference between barely dead and all the way dead. And it's this one thing I know how to kill that mentality, how to kill that addiction, how to kill that wrong way of being. I know this thing because I'm moving. I'm moving. I tell men all the time, you've got too much time on your hands if you have a sin problem. Hang out with me and I will give you something dangerous to do with Jesus. You'll be so exhausted from what you're doing for God, you won't have time to feed your flesh. And we've made the barrier of entry into the kingdom too low. I told someone earlier, you know why Jesus had followers? Because he turned people away. You don't hear nobody preaching that. He said, this is a narrow road, homie. Not everyone's going to make it on this road. We made it too easy. If you want to be dangerous, if you want to be a real one, you've got to learn this one thing. We're moving. We are not standing still. And I know that's a hard word, but that's the only thing that saved me because I was a pastor for years in sin because I got real good at being a professional Christian, but I wasn't a follower of Christ. Following denotes moving. You teach what you know, but you impart who you are. And we got a lot of people with big brains but no character, big vocabularies, no character. You, you teach what you've learned. You can regurgitate a meme that you see on Instagram, but you can only impart who you are. If I want evangelism to cre- increase in our church, I go out into Ridgewood and start evangelizing because it starts with me. And my invitation to you tonight is move. 
move, do it, do it, metabolize the word that you've received and you will be fit for the master's use, move. I'm going to give you guys a few more things right now because this is so good and nobody's stopping me. (laughs) The only way to forget your past and to be at peace with your present is to run into your future. See, here's the thing. When you are, was that Siri giving me an amen? I literally heard even Apple is bowing their knee to Jesus. <laughs> but here's the thing. There's something about running towards your future that will cause you to be satisfied with your present, even if your present alone is not satisfying. You see this in immigrant culture. They come to the United States they're all living in the same house. They're doing everything, everything they can to learn entrepreneurship and make a new life. And they have such a destination in mind that, that, that their present, even in, in and of itself, is not satisfying. It satisfies because they have finite time and a destination. They're aware of their mortality, but they're aware of their mission. And the biggest reason why you can't be happy having more than 99% of people on planet Earth is because you don't have a destination and you're not aware of how finite your time is. And, and I think one of the most liberating things Jesus ever commanded people to do is give it all up because he knew it was keeping them from mission. And you know what the funny thing is for you guys to see whatever, everything that's happening? We've said this time and time again is it's like how many times will you give it up? And God has just caused, what I love about this church is such a radical generosity to see people give it up, give it up, just continue to push all their chips on the table like every bet we make is all in. And then they, people see the miracles, they see signs and wonders, they see salvations, they see campuses growing. But what they don't see is every single one of you pushing your chips into the middle of the table, everything you got every week. Waking up early, going to bed late, saying yes every time the doors are open. That's how you change a region. I want to read you a few scriptures, and then I'm done. And and this says everything about walk. I want you to pay attention to the language because it's very easy to miss the language. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 33. Walk in obedience. What's the word? Ah. Walk in obedience. It's hard to ride a bicycle without moving the pedals. It's hard to steer a parked car. You hear me? Walk in obedience to all that the Lord God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days. So there's a direct connection between walking and prospering. Here's another one. Psalm 119, 133. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. What's the key word? Footsteps. Direct my footsteps. And then as I begin to move, sin will not rule over me. Here's John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Now, you all know that scripture, right? We all write worship songs about it, and we've championed that scripture for years. But here's the rest of it. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me, whoever moves. Here's the next one. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit... Now, this is the second half of the scripture. Watch this. Let us keep in step with the spirit. You know why? Because the spirit's moving. The spirit's moving. 
See, in Pentecostalism, we say this is a move of God, but we're standing still in worship. That's a great place for a little while, but don't put a tent up there. Don't build a house there. You've got to leave this place and go out, and everywhere outside of this place has to be more dangerous than what happened in this place. And here's the last thing, because I really want to champion this idea of you guys moving. What it looks like. Would you guys just stand to your feet? What it looks like to truly move. Forgetting this one thing that I know. Forgetting what is past. I want to say this to somebody in the room. I don't know who this is for, but oftentimes the greatest deterrent to future success is our past successes. Like we talk a lot about past failures and we ruminate around the sin, but sometimes your past successes are the biggest barrier to your future successes. Because sometimes like, you know how you heard that phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? But sometimes the fact that it's not broke is why it's mediocre. You keep doing life the same way and you're just like, ugh. You know, the Bible's really clear about be hot or be cold. There's something about lukewarmness that's more vile to God than cold. See, cold, it's like there's even a respect. Like sometimes I meet somebody and they're a staunch atheist and they're well-read and I go toe-to-toe with them and I'm like, I like you. I don't agree with you, but I like you. But somebody who can encounter the presence of God, somebody who can week in and week out be in these environments and still choose lukewarmness. There's something about this message in 2020, this one thing, this one thing, forgetting what is past, forgetting the youth group days, forgetting the church camp days, forgetting when you did this thing one time at this place with someone one time. That was epic. What if we all erase that from our collective consciousness tonight and said, God, do a thing we've never seen. God, do something in this church that none of us have encountered. Do something in our midst that we all long and hunger for but have never seen before. Like, that's why we're still here and it's not Groundhog Day. It's because he's doing a new thing. So what does this look like this year? Running into your future looks like, and if this is for you, I want you to latch hold of this like a prophetic word for you, doing it tired. This time I'm doing it tired. I'm doing it tired, right? Doing it afraid. I have been afraid every time I've ever grabbed a microphone and preached all around the world, and and it's never went away. I just do it afraid. I ministered to you tonight afraid. I think often we attribute this heroism like, oh man, this guy's on another. It's like, no, the difference between you and the person that you want to be is you doing it afraid. Julie and I have been scared every single time we've made a move that you celebrated. So come on, do it afraid with us this next year. Do it afraid with us. Take a gamble with us. Because I would rather fail trying to aspire to birth a movement in New York than succeed in mediocrity and sin. I'd rather fail and you guys watch and be like, man, at least he tried. Doing it without, I'm going to say this for everyone, the finances. Oh, once I get that money, stop playing the scratch-offs and start giving during the offering. Okay, you really are gambling, man. Test me in this way and see that it doesn't work. Come on now. You know, some of us are like, 
our vision is gold and you need to start getting a vision for Kentucky Chrome. That's called duct tape. We have a phrase, duct tape in a dream. Pastor's like, oh man, I need a quarter of a million to launch a church. I'm like, I need seven people and duct tape in Syosset. Do it without the finances this year. Here's another one. I love this one. Do it without the guarantee. Don't even pack your parachute for this jump. Do it without the guarantee. Anyone want to do that with me? I don't need a guarantee. I don't need a guarantee. Here's another one. Do it misunderstood. I want to teach you a move I've been teaching a lot of people lately. It's one of my favorite moves. You ready for this? Now, now listen, it's going to be real hard for some vanilla people to do this. You ready? Watch this. You don't know me. I'm going to do the other side. Ready? You don't know me. You want to try it? I know you want to try it. Listen, listen, try, try it. You don't know me. Oh, that was really bad. Do the other side. You don't know me. Why, why do I say that? Forgetting what was past. Oh, let's go drinking. Let's go do what we used to do. Let's gossip. Come on, let's be in fear together. And you're going to say, oh, wait a second. I know this one thing now. I forget what is behind. And you don't know me. You knew the me who was down and depressed. You knew the me that was selling myself short. But you don't know the real me. You don't know me. Come on, somebody. I ain't even done yet. I ain't even done yet. There's no stop. <laughs> I got two more to go. <laughs> Isn't it good to laugh? Seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit, but joy is. And, and if our amount of laughter offended you, you don't, you don't know Jesus. He's hanging out with the disciples and he gets a reputation for being a drunkard and a glutton. You know how you get that reputation? You're fun. You know what I'm saying? They said that I think the Jesus and his disciples is a glutton and a drunkard. All that means to me, because we know Jesus wasn't drunk, was Jesus was fun. Here's the last one, or a couple, two more I got. Do it injured. 2020 looks like you doing it injured. Like literally telling your body, my spirit is leading and my body will follow my spirit. Like literally, like my body's gonna have to get, I'm gonna beat my body into submission, into the will of God. Whatever happened to crucifying the flesh? Beating it into submission, whatever happened to that? I mean, the, the, the generals of our faith were actually beaten and we're just beat down. No, 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 not this crew, not this crew. I'm doing it injured. Oh yeah, I'm tired, I'm broke, I'm misunderstood, but I'm here and I'm moving and I'm moving into my destiny. And here's the other one, doing it surrounded by the right people this time. Look around, you've got your tribe. You got your crew. Listen, and if you don't think if you don't think that your new best friend is somewhere in this audience, you haven't met enough people. They will speak to you in Spanish, in English. They like the same food as you. They will abstain during the fast with you. But sometimes, see, my wife, my wife used to be a runner and she used to run like 10, 15, 17 miles on a Saturday, which is to me like not even godly. 
And so as she was running, I would do these races with her. And what I noticed is when you do a distance race, they have these sections that are set up where they have these pre-made Gatorades. And as you come by, they hand you a Gatorade and you grab it. And you know, you're like, yeah, let's do that. And then all these people are like, ah, and they're cheering you on. And there's something about that when you encounter that. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, but it's just like, you need those people in your life that just cheerlead you. And, and you know, two weeks from now, we're getting ready to launch our next round of connect groups. And, and it's so important that the people who are holding the proverbial Gatorade and cheering you on are in your life. And listen, I'm more introverted than all of you. But have you ever, if you're introverted, you know what it's like to be like, I don't wanna go, don't wanna go, don't wanna go, don't wanna go, don't wanna look at people, don't wanna talk to people, go to the bathroom for 30 minutes, hide in the bathroom, talk to people, look at people on my phone, but not in real life, talk to people on my phone, but not in front of them, to them. Then all of a sudden you do it then after you subject yourself to the torture of being around people, you're like, I kind of liked it. And I think I needed it. Am I the only one? Y'all know, come on, I got your number because I'm one of you. And then when you're done, you go crawl back in your dark hole and you do your weird, you know, solo journey stuff in your mind where you're like, I'm alone now and safe. <laughs> So with connect groups, connect groups are those things where it's like, it's good for your soul to be around people who help you forget what was past and usher you into the future. And so maybe the most spiritual thing that you're gonna do right now is actually take your phone out and launch our app and sign up for a connect group right now. I mean, seriously, like I talked to couples this morning who said, um, I, I can't wait to sign up for the marriage group. And we have marriage groups. We have this, I call them our inspire, our retired and inspired 55 and over crew. There we go, there's one of them. <laughs> you know, we've got this, this multi-generational thing. We've got Dylan and this whole young adults crew. Who's throwing down. We got our women's group. We got our men's group. You know, and... <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe did did Angela do that? <laughs> She's like, New Year, new me. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to be irreverent. I'm just trying to explain that your freedom is always found in relationship. Listen, watch this. For God so loved the world, he gave you a 47-page ebook with the 10 steps towards success right? He gave you a plan, a system, right? For God so loved the world that he gave you a course that you can take online. He gave you relationship. I gave you my son. And then when his son was born, they said, hey, teach us how to pray. And you know what he said? Hey, distant God on a throne. He said, Papa, Daddy, who is in heaven, relationship. And so connect groups in our church is the very same system that God has always used to deliver freedom, it's relationship. And if you feel it, see what our church is really good at is making moments. We will cast a demon out of you, you will fly back 37 feet, we will anoint you with oil. We are very good at moments, but see, a moment 
is something that God wills in your life, but you can't live from moment to moment, but you, ha you must take those moments and put that into the safety of relationship where you can steward your freedom, where you can go on a journey, where you can maintain it. Actually, the Bible says, even to get demons cast out of you, they go into arid places and their desire is to come back and then it's seven times worse. And so you must be surrounded by the kind of people who will say, I won't let you go back. I won't let you regress. I won't let you go back to that place. So I want you to do two things right now. I want you to kind of like have a moment where you just, I, I, I know this doesn't feel like a, a normal V1 moment, but if you're truly being spirit led, it's gonna look different, right? Like there is no like, okay, do the magic trick and then everyone gets saved. I'm telling you the most spiritual thing you can do right now is push past your own reservations and sign up for a connect group. I really mean that. Like give yourself to a group of people. You're looking at a fatherless first generation pastor. And the greatest freedom I ever encountered in my life is when I gave myself to a group and I joined a, an accountability group and I said, let's, let's do life together. And so I'm imploring you to, to sign up. It's just on your phone. The second thing I wanna do is this right now. I just want you to close your eyes. And we're just doing this to re remove all distractions. If you're in this service and maybe you feel like you just keep repeating the same thoughts, the same patterns, the same year, you just keep repeating this voice of condemnation. Maybe you feel like you sin under good preaching, you sin under good singing, but it's you that needs to change and you're stuck in that place. Is there anyone here who would be so bold just with no one looking around, just raise their hand and say, that's me. I want to be free tonight. I want to be free tonight. Wow. You know what? I'm going to just ask you to be bold and keep your hands up. Can I get our pastors to come along the front here? There's so many hands in this place. So here's what I'm going to do. You know, this is what I'm talking about, walking. This whole sermon was about taking a step, following Jesus, walking with him, right? And sometimes, like, we ask you to do things that seem trivial. They seem superficial, like, what's that going to do? But I think there's some, there's many hands in this place. We have pastors who want to pray for you. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is we're just going to sing this song out one more time. And as we're singing this song right now, I want you to maybe some of you take a step where you just walk out and you say, this step is the first step of many. I'm going to move into the new direction that God is calling me in my life. I'm going to move into connect groups. I'm going to move into showing up, being consistent. I'm going to just move into this area of my life, and I'm going to break off old, obsolete patterns of thinking. So come on, we're just going to lift it up right now in this place. We're just going to begin to sing this song to close out this service, and our pastors are healed here. This whole front is available for you so that you can come up and receive prayer as we end this service in this time of worship. So come on, let's just begin to sing it out. Thanks again for listening to the V1 Church Podcast. It's our hope and prayer that this message impacted your life, and we want to ask that you'd share it with a friend or a family member that you know needs to hear this message. If you'd like to partner with V1 Church financially, download the V1 Church app and tap where it says Give, or visit our website, www.v1.church. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.